the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow, your host and former filing clerk for Donald Trump. Not really, not really, but somebody had that job, right? Somebody packed those boxes, and uh, who knows what is in there, and and we still don't really know what is in there. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that for a little bit, but really we're going to make a point uh, with each other. You can join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Are you mad about all this stuff going on, the, the FBI uh, raid and um, the... Uh, Merrick Garland's comments today, mad at Trump. Which direction are you? You Maybe you're mad. Well, let's talk about anger, whether or not you have something really to be mad about, and how do we express that? Because it's a big deal in our life. We're going to talk about that uh, here in just a moment. In the second hour today, we're also going to have a special time here. If you know somebody who's in the public schools, you've got your kid or your grandkids or your friend's kids, or you know a teacher who works in the public school, any Christian who works in the public school, it's going to be an important hour. Or maybe you work in the public school and you're a Christian teacher, uh, somebody Christian who works for a uh, public school system. School starts next week. We have David Schmoose from Christian Educators to talk about how we can support Christian teachers and students in the public schools, and they do a great job with that. I think they're going to answer a lot of your questions, and we'll take your calls for that, too. That'll be next hour, but this hour... Uh, Let's talk about the continuing saga of the FBI raid. So, um, you know, you can join the conversation, by the way. Give me a call, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Not too long ago, we heard from Garrick, um, Garrick, I always say his name wrong, Merrick Garland. I switched those letters around. Uh, and uh, the Attorney General. And I'm glad that we heard from him. We needed to hear from him. Uh, normally you wouldn't. And I think that is one of the the intriguing things about all of this, that uh, normally you don't hear from uh, the head of the Justice Department in these things. And what they often say is that the department speaks with their court motions and things that they actually say in court. And that really is pretty smart because then you you know what you say in court that's where the rubber meets the road, right? If you want to know what people really think about controversial issues or the politics or you hear that somebody's suing somebody, you know, read what they actually give to the judge. Read what they actually say in court. Often, especially when it comes to politics or media, it's different than what the talking heads are saying on uh, those same networks. Uh, they have to be more careful. They have to be more about proof. And so one of the things that... Uh, Merrick Garland did was he moved to release release the search warrant contents for the warrant that was given for the uh, raid on the Trump compound. That the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. 
The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. So there you have a very, very formal and written statement from Merrick Garland, the attorney general. And uh, it is unusual that the um, attorney general would come out and make any comment about an ongoing case. But I think it's important, right? And the reason it's important is there is a lot of anger. There is a lot being said out there by people on both sides that is made up. That could be true, but it is we don't know if it's true. We don't really know a lot of what's true. And one of the things that we've talked about on this program is why you have to wait, why you have to be patient. Now, there's a lot of reason to be frustrated. I get that. And the FBI, particularly in recent years, and particularly whenever it comes to uh, Donald Trump, um, has had some serious, you know, to put it mildly, I guess, missteps, but pretty serious things that uh, were done by some people. But it's also important. It's really important for us to make sure that if you're angry at the FBI or you're angry at Donald Trump or you're angry at whoever, as believers, that the way we come across is is right and we don't just say things. Do you ever do that when you're angry? Do you just say things or maybe you hear something and then you respond right away? I do that with emails sometimes. I finally got good at just not responding to emails right away because Sometimes I misread somebody's comments and maybe I'm expecting them to be negative or something and I fire off something and then it turns out I misread it. One time I never, I didn't send the email, but I was about to just blast somebody and I completely had misread her email. It would have been a nightmare, like wreck the relationship with that person uh, type of thing. How do we deal with our, our anger? The Bible has a lot to say about anger and anger is not always wrong. Sometimes anger is right. So how do we deal with that? And uh, when we put it in this context, I think it, I think it really, it really matters that we think about this. Mayor Garland continued with some statements that uh, I do think it's important that we listen to and we listen to very carefully because we have so many people have questions about what's going on here. He went on to say this: faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations 
prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. So again, he continues making this statement that is just very, very plain. It's well written, just written out, kind of basic stuff, okay, that's going to be there. But I think it's important that we hear it and we know this because there is so much emotion about this. And there's there's meaning, right? Because eventually I think we're going to know something. Maybe, you know, he's going to release the search warrant tomorrow. Eventually we're going to know maybe specifically what they're looking for, what they think Donald Trump has or what he has done. And eventually we're going to know whether they found it or not. And, you know, that's going to matter. Did he really break the law or not? And then we're going to ask, how serious is it? And the reason this matters is partly because he's a former president. So it's a big deal. But also he could be a future president, right? He might be the opponent of the current president. So these there's a lot of political tension. There is already a history of of things being done by the authorities to Donald Trump that didn't really pan out, right? It, it didn't show what they said it was going to show. This happens over and over and over again. There's so many things bringing tension to this. But the reason that he is out there making this statement where normally he wouldn't is because of the attacks on the FBI. And he went on to say this. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. So that's an answer to a big question. As a lot of people were saying that maybe the attorney general wasn't even involved. Maybe this was done by that magistrate down in Florida who has a, you know, admittedly, that's a crazy thing that the judge that they went to is not really a judge. He's a magistrate who happens to be one of uh, Epstein's lawyers who didn't kill himself. Not the lawyers, but uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. That's amazing that that even ties into this at all. And somebody who is fiercely anti-Trump politically, right? So if they were judge shopping, well, they found somebody who hates the president, uh, President Trump, and went to that person. That enrages people more. But that also might be a coincidence. We don't know, right? We have suspicions. I understand that. But it just might be a coincidence. It's important that we know that this wasn't just a rogue group of agents who went and found a judge who would do this that this actually came from the top law enforcement officer of, in the country. That's good to know. He continues. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. And that's also a big deal, right, because people are wondering, well, what do you have? That's what I would like to know. What do you have that was about this? If Donald Trump is guilty of something, I hope it's really clear. I hope that whatever they pull out of that box, we're all going to say, oh, and it's a really big deal. Or, you know, because if they don't have something, I don't hope that happens. I hope not. I hope there's been no crime. That's what I really hope. But if there is a crime, what if it's not a big deal? That's one of the things I'm worried about. We know that in some of the documents that Donald Trump took that he, he gave back in February, some of what was in there were the, uh, the letters that he was writing and received from Kim Jong-un. Remember that when he was going over to North Korea and uh, he, then he would get these letters. And the idea was that President Trump and Kim Jong-un were writing personal letters back and forth. You know, if you Google that, you'll find these huge envelopes that uh, Donald Trump was holding up saying that this is a love letter, love letters from Kim Jong-un to me. And the thing is, is that legally those letters belong to the country. They would go in the National Archives. That's how the National Archives is involved in this. And legally, President Trump doesn't have a personal 
um, right to have them if they are, are that. That's why he had to give them back. Maybe he saved a couple of them. Maybe a couple of them are, you know, for whatever reason, maybe he's going to say, no, this was written to me. It's a personal. Yeah, I don't know. And but what worries me is that if that's it, I mean, unless there are national security secrets in there, unless there are things and I suppose you're writing that dictator over there, anything that's written back and forth probably has some national security implications. You know, the analysis of what really is written. People need to look at if it's being translated from Korean into English, what's really being said. There's a lot of issues there, and I would recognize that. Legally, they all belong to the National Archives. They just do. And it would be illegal for the president to have them, for President Trump to have them. And um, But is that, you know, uh, I think that's one of the conversations we're going to have if that's all this is, something, you know, sort of like that that may not feel like a big deal. Um He continues this way. This is where I think the bigger deal is in all of this. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, They protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available. All right, that's a pretty powerful statement there that he has to make. Okay, he has to make it. The people who work for him are being attacked everywhere. And I would just ask everybody, and this is something that that worries me. I understand the anger that's there. I understand the suspicions. You can join the conversation, by the way, and share your thoughts about this. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. This is Southern California Live. What worries me about lots of things going on in the political world, and in particular from from Christians, that's kind of who we are concerned about more on this program, is when we're just saying stuff about whatever side we're on, and it starts to escalate, um, is what we're saying truthful? Are we undoing our ability to represent Christ in a faithful way? So there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about anger. Uh, There's a lot of stuff about expressing your anger, particularly expressing it to God, for example. You might be really angry. Do you you express your your anger to God? Did you know that? You ever read the Psalms? They're called imprecatory Psalms. And they're very very angry. It bothers some people that this is in the Bible. It shouldn't bother us because this is normal. This is who we are. This is who we are as people. Psalm 55, 15. The psalmist says this, let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive into the realm of the dead for evil finds lodging among them. That's an angry prayer right there. Psalm 58, 6, break the teeth in their mouths, O God. Lord, tear out the fangs of those lions. Angry prayer. Psalm 69, 27 and 28, charge them with crime upon crime. Do not let them share in your salvation. May they be blotted out of the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. That's Hebrew for, may they go to hell. That's a, that's a prayer. That's not just somebody, somebody spouting something off. That's somebody who actually is uh, praying this to God. There's a lot of those. 
and they're rough. But you know what? This is anger that's being expressed by an individual to God. It's about something that he personally feels, and he's expressing that to God. And how do we consider that kind of anger when we also have to consider Jesus saying this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 21, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, but anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is to be answerable to the court, but anyone says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. How do we reconcile the idea of being furiously angry emotionally over over injustice, either injustice because it's the way we see it or because it's truly injustice? And then how do we take a look at how we are to treat our brother and sister and not hate them and to to deal with that anger in an appropriate way? You know, one thing, if you're feeling a lot of emotion about these things politically, and we're getting into an election season, and, you know, I think something we need to be concerned about is rioting. We need to be concerned about um, people taking this too far. We saw this event in uh, Cincinnati today where somebody breaks into FBI office. And all this rhetoric that we hear, right, the rhetoric that we heard for so many years about uh, police officers eventually led to cops being assassinated, in cities all across the country just a few years ago, if you remember that. Well, if we're saying the same thing about FBI, federal cops, are we going to see that kind of response in the culture? Is that really what we should be pushing for? I don't believe so. I don't believe that's what most people want, but it is something we have to be careful about. John Bolton was talking about this. He is, uh, I think he was former Secretary of State for a long time, one in a line of them for uh, President Trump. And uh, he was popular, then he was not popular. You either love him or hate him, typically. But uh, he's in the news because the FBI recently protected him because there were some Iranians who were trying to assassinate him, and they uncovered that plot and saved his life. Uh, Also in that plot was uh, Mike Pompeo, the former uh, uh, Secretary of Defense. And, um, you know, that's really good work. Well, he was asked about, this was before Merrick Garland made his talk, and he was asked, should Merrick Garland come out? And he confirms that uh, normally that's not what you do. But then he says something pretty interesting. Here's what he said. Well, I think it's absolutely correct that the normal practice of the department is that it does not comment uh, on pending cases or investigations. The department speaks when it makes filings in court. Uh, and when its lawyers appear in court. That, that is the practice. That's the rule. That, that's the way it should be. However, uh, there, there are times, and I think this is one of them, when the fundamental integrity of the Justice Department and the FBI in this case are being called into question. Uh, and there, there, there's an obligation to, to defend what the uh, department is up to. It's a very difficult decision to make. The, the rights of the people being investigated uh, uh, need to be uh, protected. The overall investigation needs to be protected. But confidence in the integrity of the institution needs to be protected as well. So I don't minimize how hard this would be, but I do think Attorney General Merrick Garland should say something because right now a lot of things are being said by a lot of people who know absolutely nothing about the circumstances of the search, the grounds on which it was conducted, and a whole range of other things. In a more civil time, 
people wouldn't comment on it. We're not in a more civil time. And so uh, I think the attorney general is a heavy burden on him. But I think when you weigh it, maybe it's a 51-49 decision. I think he needs to say something publicly, and the sooner the better. Well, as we know, he did come out and say something today. But the the interesting thing that Bolton says is two things. Number one, we're living in a non-civil time. He says that there was a time when you probably wouldn't worry about it the same way. And I think that's because we, we did have a better understanding that we need to wait and see. That even if we were frustrated, we need to wait. And so hopefully we're going to see something. I hope that this resolves because it's, it is just infuriating and it raises a lot of serious questions. It really does. And, you know, people, when we're accusing people of crimes, when we're accusing people of doing terrible things or being terrible people, but we don't really have all this, all the information, we end up causing much greater problems. Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, do not make friends with a hot tempered man. Do not associate with anyone easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. What that means is that angry people, when it comes to anger, angry people get other people angry and bring everybody down. Have you ever been angry because you heard something from somebody, but not actually because you knew anything about it? That's what John Bolton is pointing out here is that we're speculating a whole lot here and we just don't know yet. And it happens on all sides. If you are on the side that says Donald Trump is a a criminal, um, then, you know, and he has done all this stuff. Do you really know? There's a viral video going around where somebody's standing in front of Trump Tower. There's a big protest in front of Trump Tower yesterday. Um, where people were saying he needs to be arrested now. He needs to be arrested now. And here's how that interview went. Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning in documents? Well, I former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts, I guess? <sighs> provable criminal acts. Well, I'm just, I, I, <clears throat> I'm done talking. See, it changes it, doesn't it? When we get down into what do we really know, what are the provable criminal acts that, in this case, President Trump did, or with anybody that we might be upset with? What is the provable criminal acts that the FBI has done with their raid? Right now, my friends, we don't know. We have suspicions. Those suspicions could end up being correct. You know, sometimes you know stuff, but then you find out later it's right. But sometimes you know stuff and you don't. For Christians and for people who are dealing with anger, This matters a lot because this is where we get in trouble. We get in trouble with national issues like this, but we also get in trouble in our interpersonal relationships when we're getting angry over things and we don't really know the details, when we haven't taken time to learn them if they're available or we haven't acknowledged that sometimes they're just not. And sometimes it may not be our business and other times we can be informed later. It matters how are you feeling about all of this stuff? How do you deal with the anger that maybe you have over national issues or maybe you just have struggled with anger or you have an angry person in your life that you have to work with? How can we, from a Christian perspective, deal with things that are emotional, that bring us anger, where there might be truth in the injustice without being hypocrites, without being without making comments that are just not true and discrediting ourselves Later, You can join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back with your calls in just a moment. Don't go away. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, Scott Furrow with you. Number is 888-528-2557. Good to be with you, 888-528-2557. We're talking about anger. 
I've used the context of uh, what's going on here in uh, Washington with the uh, the FBI raid and, and people's comments on that. But what I'm looking at is so much anger that's being expressed about things we don't really know about. And, you know, we do that in our own life, though. We do that with people we know sometimes. I think it's a big problem for the country, but it's a big problem for how we interact with people where we just get mad. Do you ever just get mad? And then you you say something you wish you didn't say, or you say something that maybe you don't know that you shouldn't have said, but uh, and you just blast somebody. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. What do we do about it? What does the scriptures have to say about it? You can also email me SoCalLive at kkla dot com. SoCalLive at kkla dot com. Uh, Nelson writes, uh, Scott is a believer. I recommend that what a famous person on my granddaughter's pajamas once said: "Let it go." Uh, do we just let go of our anger? Uh, let's not play that song, but uh, does the Bible teach that we just let it go? There's a place for our anger, and there is a lot written about anger, but how we use it is right. How do we use it in a right way? Um, You know, there's an interesting study that came out from Duke University Medical Center a while ago. It said that when you are venting your anger, you know how some people say, we just need to vent and let it out, or I'm just venting? When you are venting your anger, things are happening inside your body that are taking hours, days, and years off of your life. The research is unequivocal in this. It shows that people who vent or get angry a lot are more likely to die by age 50. And that's interesting to me for two reasons. One, because we hear so often that we just need to vent and, you know, uh, this isn't letting it go. This is letting it out. But you know what is also interesting is 3,000 years ago, Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. We need to be careful with our anger to try to be truthful as much as we can. Listener Kim is not happy with me. She's angry with me. She writes, uh, your show is full of errors. First of all, Mike Pompeo was the secretary of state, not defense. Did I say that? Did I say he was defense? All right. He's the secretary of state. You are right. Uh, secretary, uh, secondly, when the Bible has, uh, she says precatory, she means in pre- uh, prayers, the Psalms, they are always directed at the wicked. It's true that they are directed at the wicked, not God. I didn't mean to say that, that David was angry with God or the psalmist was angry with God. What I meant by being directed is that he's praying those things to God. He is saying his anger. He is, he is dealing with his anger with the Lord. Not that he, he's not angry or calling God wicked. He is dealing with wicked people. But the way that he deals with it, and the reason I'm, I'm reading those uh, imprecatory psalms is because we need to see this in the Bible, that the Bible shows us every range of human emotion that is there. It doesn't hide it. The Bible isn't just a book of flowery stories that are supposed to make us feel good. The Bible sometimes is challenging, often is challenging because it meets us right where we are. And so... Yeah, and if you are angry with God, you can be angry with God. That's okay. Just take it out on God. He's big enough to handle it. But he's going to deal with you because God is always just. And whenever we're angry with God, we're going to find ourselves to be wrong. Sometimes when we're angry about something in our life or angry at another person, we find ourselves to be wrong. Sometimes we find ourselves to be very right, though. And then what you do with that anger matters a lot. It matters for your own Um, health. It matters for uh, the way you interact with other people, particularly when it's family or people that you know. I mean, people ruin relationships because one thing comes out of their mouth that they, maybe they didn't mean it. Maybe they wish they they didn't say it, but it's so hard to take it back. 
This happens with husbands and wives all the time, right? We say things that we wish could just come back, and we spend years apologizing for it sometimes. Or other times we spend years defending it and just making it worse. See, this is a, this is a big thing. This is a really big thing. And you know what's happening in the, in the country today? Christians need not to be on the side of making false claims because we're angry or because we think something is true when we don't really know. And that's why there's a wait and see. Now, it's not wait and see and then never do anything. You wait and see and then you do something. So was this in a, a raid that was done for political purposes? We may never agree on that, but there's going to be something that comes out eventually where we find out why it was done. And maybe they found nothing. Maybe it's completely um, a false accusation. Maybe they found something that's so serious, everybody's going to say, oh. Or maybe it's going to be something that technically is, is breaking the law, but it's going to be really hard to see it as, as serious as they're trying to make it. There's a lot of politics, a lot of, of stuff there. We as believers have to get above all of that. That's what we're called to do. That's why self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's hard. It's really hard. You know, one of the, the biggest areas that churches really ought to be helping people, if you need a ministry in your church, is to have some kind of ministry for people who are angry. Their anger is something that, for a lot of people, it's just hard to control. And it gets people in so much trouble when we can't do that. Proverbs has a lot to say about anger. A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Proverbs 19.11, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Our culture is so ready right now to go to war over being snubbed, over even something that's just very minor. And people are getting into fights. Remember when people were getting into fights uh, a couple of years ago over the chicken sandwiches at Popeye's? Like fist fights in the drive-thru because they ran out. And you cut in line and you got the last chicken sandwich and then you got a knuckle sandwich. That's our culture right now. This kind of anger is destroying relationships and it is destroying churches. And it is a distraction from the gospel. It's a distraction from what we are supposed to be doing. Proverbs 15.1, everybody should memorize this. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When we're just harsh with each other, whether it's our leadership, and I would complain about leadership across the board in so many ways, there are so many harsh words that are being said. It just stirs up the anger. It just ratches it, ratches it up. It's a big deal. Proverbs 15.8, a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. Problems that we have in our churches and in our relationships, even in our country, are often rooted and started by a person who feels entitled about something and gets angry about something not going his or her way, and then somebody else gets angry. There's a whole study right now about rioting. Like, why did, you know, maybe there was a plan on January 6th of a lot of people to do that, maybe with some of those... Uh, riots over the summer of 2020, there was a plan with all of that's possible. But why did so many more people join in? The, the study is that it takes somebody to be an instigator, and some people, you won't ever start doing that. Like, you'll never pick up a brick and throw it through a window. But if somebody else does it, who you trust, well, then you might. But for other people, well, you won't do it if one person does it, and you won't do it if two, but maybe you'll do it if three people do it, or five, or ten. That there's something contagious about it. 
And that's how you know, we end up with riots. And that's how you end up with people doing dumb things like that. See, it's, it's anger. And it's always there's something at the root that is full of selfishness and pride. We have to get past that. Because if we want to solve these issues in our country, if we want to solve the divisions that we have, divisions in our country, divisions in our church, we have to do something in a way that is Colossians 3, verse 8 says, you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And the reason is, yes, those things are all sinful, but the reason is, is that they make everything worse in every relationship, in every interaction, in any culture. This matters a lot. These things destroy churches, families, and societies. That's why I say that I think any church that really wants to make disciples, you got to deal with anger. You have to deal with the struggles that people have because, and you know this, if you're kind of a person who really struggles with this, you know it. You know that your, your anger, the seething that's going on inside you, the things that you've said, it just causes you problems. And maybe you've caused some destruction. You've lost friendships. I know, I know somebody who goes from church to church to church because he just can't hold his tongue. And eventually he offends so many people that he's got to go. He's not even wrong all the time. You know, sometimes he's right about whatever it is he's frustrated about. But he's got to hold on to it and find a better way. Proverbs 14, 29, a patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. You ever uh, do something with your anger, and then after you cool off, you think, what have I done? You feel like a fool because you were. Anger distorts our view of the world. It distorts our view of the facts. It distorts our view of others. And in worst cases, it destroys our view of an entire reality. That's what happens when we get mad, when things don't really happen. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, talking about anger and uh, how do you deal with anger? How do we express anger either in national issues like with the tension that we have going on? How do we diffuse it? How do we lead through it? What if the worst is true? What if your side is the side that is right with your anger or your side is the side that is wrong? How do we lead through it and lead people together to find a more productive way of society? How, would, how do we deal with our anger even in our personal relationships? How does it deal – how do we deal with it with our, our – just our, our churches, our friendships, our family? We've got to do it. 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, you can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. We're talking about anger. And how do we deal with our anger? Let's go to Oscar in Baldwin Park. Welcome to Southern California Live, Oscar. Hello, Scott. Uh, this is the topic about anger. I don't think you really could. Um, I, I think it's something you just have to practice with. I think everybody's going to fail at it from time to time to deal with it. I just something you just got to keep praying to God for and you know, read the scripture. helps you deal with it. Uh, I really don't think, you know, people are going to react and they're going to react. You know, there's it, not... Like I said, it's trial and error, I believe, when it comes to dealing with anger. It does take a lot of prayer, and it really does take, uh, it takes a lot of work. Anger is a rough one for people. Yeah, I'll share this real quick with you, too, Scott. Uh, this, I'm going through it real bad with my lady, my, the mother of my kids right now, as far as relationship. Mm. We've been arguing a lot with each other, you know, being really disrespectful towards each other. And this past Sunday, 
we were got into it, and she's texting me all kinds of stuff all over for. I don't even can't even say it on the radio. And I, but this was the first time I, I I had some strength, and I I just kept texting her, you know, I, I just good things. Just you yeah. know, I love you. That's not good for you. It was hard. Don't get me wrong. It messed up my whole evening and stuff like that to get over it. But now, as the, as the few days have passed, I feel better that I didn't tell her nothing. I'm, so personally, for me, I kind of hope that's a little bit of a turning point where I could just lay that down and and, and uh, you know, and I I, 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 I approach it in my head. I was approaching it from a, a biblical sense as well. So I was sending her a bunch of prayer things at the time and stuff like texting it back to her, and that was probably making her her more angry doing that. But it helped me at the time. So you know, I'm just that's just. Just an example, you know, yeah. on my part. Sure. Yeah. Oscar, thank you for your call and uh, for sharing that. You know, when you're having a dispute with somebody that you you love and in a complicated relationship that, you know, that might be whatever it is, always trying to de-escalate. You know, sometimes things that we're really emotional about, we can talk about it a little bit later, but we got to do it in the context of of love. Otherwise, we just get worse and worse, and then we start arguing about something different than what we're ever arguing about. You know, a lot of the anger that when we when we talk about it and we struggle with it, it's because we, we struggle with it in a sinful way so often, right? So the Bible talks an awful lot about dealing with your anger in a righteous way. But something that's important is that we recognize that anger itself is not sin. Bible tells us in Ephesians, in your anger do not sin. It doesn't say it's a sin to be angry. It says be angry and sin not. Uh, John Chrysostom church father, he said that he who is not angry, whereas he has cause to be, sins. See, sometimes it's a sin to not be angry. Did you know that? For unreasonable patience, he continues, is the hotbed of many vices. It fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked, but the good to do wrong. See, sometimes when we are not getting angry over things we should be angry about, it fosters negligence, meaning that people do things that are stupid and they hurt people, and it incites the wicked and the good to do wrong. See, anger can be something that the wicked and and the good can do that's sinful, but not getting angry sometimes is sinful. You know, and here's the reason. Anger is a certain attribute of God, not just anger, but being slow to anger. It's a mark of the wise, and it's an attribute of God. In Exodus 34, God tells Moses, I am the Lord, slow to anger. It's a great statement because he says, I am the Lord, slow to anger. He says, that's my glory. I get angry, but I'm slow. He is patient. You know, the attributes that we're called to have, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, these fruits of the Spirit, which we're called to have all of them, a growing believer has all of them. It is the fruit of the Spirit. So as Oscar just said, you got to pray. you got to ask for supernatural help to your anger. Okay, it's something that God will do because he's making us to be more like Christ. Anger itself, being slow to anger, God says to Moses, that's my glory. I get angry, but I'm slow. And some of you might be saying, oh, I believe in a God of love, not a God who gets angry. But here's, here's the problem is you can't have a God of love who doesn't get angry. There are, you know, that's an indifferent God. An indifferent God to suffering and injustice and wrongdoing is not a loving God. You have, there's reason to be angry. Anger in its purest form is love in motion, one person said, when something you love is under threat. Something that is right is being threatened. You know, whenever you're angry, you've got to ask yourself, what am I defending? Sometimes we get angry over something that is not very important. 
like an idol of ours is being attacked, so we attack. We do that a lot in our politics. We get angry when our side is attacked, but we have a very difficult time uh, getting angry at our own side. We get a very difficult time taking the log out of our own eye when it's our own side. But sometimes we get angry over what angers God, and that kind of anger is right. When we're angry over what angers God, that kind of angry anger is right. How you express that anger, what you do about it, is also going to matter. When God is angry, he's ultimately angry because of the sin that hurts us. When Jesus was angry in the temple, there were the money changers. They were selfish, but what they were doing is hurting the mission of the temple. So yeah, they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing, and he was mad at them. But the biggest piece is he was angry at the money changers. Jesus was angry at the money changers because they were hurting the mission of the temple. This is why as Christians, our anger and dealing with it matters so much, because we need to make sure that we express ourselves in ways that helps the the gospel and doesn't hinder it. That's why it's important to do your best to be right and fair, even with political issues that we hardly know anything about. Because we make comments all the time, left and right, about things and we're just wrong and it, it creates problems. It matters. Jesus was also mad at religious people. Most of the time when Jesus is mad in the New Testament, He's mad at the religious people, the religious leaders in particular, because they are selfish and they're harming the gospel. Jesus gets angry because he is a man of love. Jesus gets angry because it is loving to be angry in the right place and then to act in a particular loving way. So anger itself is not bad. If you're feeling a sense of anger because of things, that isn't in itself bad or sinful. There, and then what you do with it isn't necessarily bad or sinful, but it is something for us to work through scripturally so that we express it in a way that is healing and corrective and doesn't just make things worse. 888-528-2557 is the number. Chris in Westminster, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, hi, Scott. I really dig your topic right now, and I totally agree with you. I've actually kind of done a study on anger and my take on it is that anger is like a vacuum cleaner that comes with loaded with attachments. And there are so many aspects of uh, human in the human toolbox that are related directly to anger, like determination, mm. perseverance, long-suffering, courage. They're all motivations that fly in the face of, of um, you know, the current that what makes you want to stand down determination makes you want to stand against that and stand up and do what has to be done anyway. And they're all related, tied in to this thing called anger. And I I think that uh, a person that just seeks to shut their anger down completely, they take a lot of tools out of their toolbox. Yes. And that's, I think, the, the scriptural approach is that anger itself isn't bad. It's what we do with it. And it can lead us to do great things. Jesus will get so angry that he might go out and heal a guy just to prove the Pharisees were wrong. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, and that and I think... You know, anger is really predictable, too. If you understand how it, how it comes together, it's just, you know, some kind of discomfort added with some kind of injustice. That's what makes you flare into an angry response. That's right. It, you know, we're programmed for it. If we don't have the pain and we see injustice and we're apathetic. Yes. Or if we have the pain but we're con- we don't see... You know, we we can be confused, but when you put injustice together with a personal stake, man, you're going to flare into anger. 
Mm. And then it's just a matter of what are you going to do with it. And you, the time to plan for what you're going to do with it is not then. It's not after you pulled the pin on the hand grenade. That's right. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Uh, thank you, Chris. This is Chris from uh, Whittier. I think I said Westminster. It's Chris from Whittier. Uh, that's a great one. The, the time to uh, figure out what you're going to do is not after you've pulled the pin. I think that's one of the big things that we're we're seeing. That's why you know it bothers some people to say to wait and see, but you want to be right, and you can be right later. It's so important, even in your your personal relationships. If you're having trouble with your spouse or your kids, you know sometimes you need to say what you need to say right then. If you can do it calmly, sometimes the correction can come later. Sometimes you can be right. A friend of mine likes to say, he says, I can be right later, which does two things for you. It means that you can correct somebody when everybody's calm and when the evidence has been revealed. Also, you can rejoice in the fact that you kept your mouth shut when it turned out you were wrong. So there is a there is a discipline to it. Here's just a couple of things before we go. And I know that it affects so many of you, your anger. God is worthy of your anger, meaning that you can you can go ahead and take whatever you're angry about to God. Psalm 7, 1 and 2, Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Save me and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. You can take your fears, your embarrassment, whatever you've got, take it to God first. If you're just angry about a national political thing like we're dealing with now, or if you're angry about something with a relationship, you got to go to God. Verse 3 says, Lord, my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, the psalmist says, if I have repaid my ally with evil or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. So we confess to the Lord and we don't really want the enemy to kill us. Okay, but that's the emotion that is there. You take it to God first and then you give God your sense of vengeance, rage and bitterness. Let him be the judge. And then if you're right, let God vindicate you trust in God. And then then you take action when you have done this, when you can go out and deal with things that are true, deal with things that are factual, provable as best you can, or ask a lot of good questions if you don't know. And ask questions, you know, kind of on both sides. You as believers, you got to be you got to be truthful. God is worthy of everything that you can give him. Most of all, you give him your praise. Whatever your situation is in life, you praise God even in your anger. God's going to hear no excuse for not being worshipped. You worship God in every circumstance of your life. Give him your anger if you're mad. If you're mad at him, tell him. Work it through with him in that relationship. Whatever you're angry about, deal with it with the Lord. And then go back out and be angry but not sin if there is something to be angry about. i got to go. So many things we can talk about here, but we are out of time this hour. Next hour, we're talking about schools, public schools, how we can support Christian teachers in public schools. This is Southern California Live, the Thursday edition. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.